You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 89. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Well, you have reached another Local Maximum. Uh, I'm Max Sklar. I know I've been teasing today's episode for a really long time. I've always been fascinated by the idea of forming new nations and all these issues that go along with it, sovereignty, recognition, constitutions. Turns out it's not so easy to start a new republic, but that's exactly what today's guest has done and continues to work on. The nation in question is called Liberland, and as we shall see, it was created on unclaimed territory, a no-man's land, created almost accidentally because of a border dispute between Serbia and Croatia. It was founded as a free republic, with the goal of building new institutions to safeguard personal and economic freedom in a way that just isn't being done in any countries today, including the Western democracies. Now, it's too small to be noticed, I guess, on a globe, on a world map, but it's not too small for someone theoretically to live in, to have a community in, or a city even. If you live here in New York, the area of this location is about the size of two central parks. It's larger than the Presidio Park in San Francisco. And I've walked through that and, you know, that's, uh, it feels like wilderness. It just keeps going and going. And even though no one has moved there yet, there has been a strong interest in this project as evidenced by the hundreds of thousands who have signed up for citizenship and the investments that have been made, uh, you know, in the, in the name of it. So to draw an analogy, obviously, this case is going to have some major, major differences here. But the United States went through this process in 1776 with the Declaration of Independence and in 1789 with the Constitution. But what does it mean to go through this process circa 2019 in uh, this small area with, um, you know, potential citizens around the world, uh, you know, with, with a totally different situation? Well, one difference is all the new technology that is available to ensure fairness in the monetary and governance system, specifically uh, cryptography and cryptocurrency technology. And also, I would say the global uh, and mobile communication networks, i.e. social networks that have been developed over the last decade or so that allows for such a global community of like-minded people to come together so quickly. Also, I'm going to have to include geomapping technology into this mix because I don't think that the type of travel to this location, the type of mass, you know, getting the average person there, the type of mass architectural design competition that they had could really take place without it. And when I say like-minded people, I'm talking, you know, in a sense that all the people involved with this project believe that, uh, you know, believe in the project to try to put together a freer and more prosperous new country that can introduce governance innovations, which existing nations cannot do. Uh, and people think that that's a good idea. Other than that, I imagine that the differences among people who support this project much, must be as, as vast as can be. People who speak different languages from different cultures and et cetera, et cetera. They probably have very strong disagreements. So my guest today came with his entire delegation, well, not his entire delegation, but he came with a, a much larger delegation than I was expecting to Foursquare headquarters, which is my workplace where I sometimes conduct these interviews. And I have to say, I wasn't expecting all these people. And I was like, wow, this is serious. And among the delegation of Liberland was Thomas Walls, who actually set up this interview, kindly set up this interview. And you'll hear from him a little bit on this episode. He is the uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs of Liberland. Uh, he is American, but as you'll see, the delegation includes people from several countries. I talk a little bit about being at Foursquare, but I have to add a disclaimer that nothing I say represents the opinion of Foursquare Labs or anyone else at Foursquare Labs. When I say we love micronations, I mean, it's a really fun problem for the people in the location intelligence company uh, to think about. Obviously, you know, we talk about these these places like Sealand and, and Liechtenstein and Andorra all the time. So this project brings up many fascinating questions, and I just pulled a few that I personally was interested in. So uh, I hope you enjoy. My main guest today is a liberty activist from the Czech Republic who found the unclaimed territory that is Liberland. He traveled there on April 13th, 2015 with a small group and declared independence. He now serves as Lieberlin's president. 
until the Constitution goes into effect. Vit Yedlichka, welcome to the show. Welcome to The Local Maximum. It's great to be here. And uh, also join... Now, you are president of Liberland. Is that how we say? Yes, that's, okay. that's correct. You've taken on the, the role of president. And you are uh, Thomas uh, Walls? Thomas Walls, that's correct. Yes, and, you're, and your role is what, foreign minister? Yes, correct? Ministry of Foreign Relations Okay. For Free Republic. I'm going to have to I, – I need to find out what, those, what that role actually means uh, in a little bit. Um, so, okay, I'm very excited to talk to you guys today. I, first of all, I think there are a lot of people out there actually in living rooms and bars and dorms room, and dorm rooms, people who are sitting around saying, hey, we should start our own country. But, you know, 99.99% of the time, they don't act on it. They'll just, you know, wake up the next morning and just, uh, you know, keep doing what they're doing. So was there a point when you started talking about this idea and then you started taking action and realized, whoa, you know, this is it. We're actually doing this. Um, how did you get the motivation to actually kind of follow through? I think there are two reasons for it. Uh, one of them was that people kept telling me that I should start my own country because I was <laughs> having kind of strong opinions that we should cut down the taxes to half and, and reduce all the red tape. Yeah. And, uh, and that I realized actually that they might be right. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, people that were kind of for more taxes and for more, it's difficult to convince them. Yeah. And at some point, I also realized that it might be actually easier to start a new country than to fix the existing one. And then those two things kind of came together. And then a friend of mine that was quite active in getting the whole thing started, Jerzy uh, Krebich, you know, this kind of a pal that you meet for a drink every other week. Uh, so we were working it together since 2013 on it a little bit bit by bit and then we had the flag we had the the basics of the ideology together and then we just launched it so you must have been the first time you were actually there in the piece of land it must have been like holy crap i'm actually here (laughs) tell me about the first time you were there it was big time and uh, it was me uh my wife um friend of mine and and also one journalist. I think it was a nice, yeah, nice first trip there. And we only took the flag with us, and uh, we just had the journalist with us, and we took a couple pictures. We pronounced the country. We made a couple of videos. Oh, so you weren't was, just staking it out on the first one. And the first one, you actually uh, declared the country yes, when you were there the we, first time. We didn't uh, lose any time. Okay. When visiting Liberland for the first time, we stick the flag right away because I understood it was a very special and unique situation in terms of the territory which doesn't really repeat that often and plus i felt in love with the shape of the country and with, with its position and uh, and that i was correct in the in the geopolitical situation that is revolving around liberland okay well talk about that in a minute but i want to zoom in on something you said which is that it was easier to start a new country than to fix the existing one now are you, are you talking about your existing country or all existing countries. I think it applies in general, right? It's it's uh, quite difficult to change people's ideas about how th- things should be run. And we always see the people that are pro-bigger government and people that would rather like to reduce it. And this fight is kind of eternal and doesn't really move anywhere. And uh, the reality is that the countries are always getting more in-depth. Uh, they are getting more taxes installed. There, There is more regulation. So it's a kind of a one-way road. And the only, I think, the best way how to fight with this uh, kind of degradation of democracy and of uh, basically economical environment is to basically install more competition in the market of states. And uh, that's what we have done. So, but you're from the Czech Republic, right? And yes. did you, you tried to um, reform things from the inside? I tried. Uh, we started a libertarian party in Czech Republic uh, that was quite successful. We made it to European Parliament for a term and uh, and we managed to raise a lot of lot of topics but uh, there is not that much demand for for more freedom people are usually into more subsidies uh, more free stuff from the state but not that much demand really for the true free freedom in the societies where we are living or people just simply don't know uh, what the politics is about and they're just voting according to the colors on the billboards and yeah. and I when I started to understand it maybe six years ago I was really thinking we have to do it the other way around we have to start a new country so okay so how did you f- tell me about the physical country uh, the, the physical land 
why, how did you find it? And why is it being claimed by either Serbia or Croatia? It was a very special situation in which the river changed path during the Yugoslavia when the two countries were together. And and then there was a bit of a, let's say, well, let's be open about it. It was a bit of a nasty war between the two two places. And uh, and they separated Yugoslavia. The whole place basically split into into many different countries. So in this region, people actually have experience with creation of new countries, but not really under very nice uh, circumstances. Uh, but it didn't matter that the river changed path when the two countries were together. But it started to matter when the two countries separated because historically there were pieces of Serbia basically on the other side of the river and there were pieces of Croatia on the other side of the river. So now both countries are claiming different border. So if I could say it in a sentence, one country wants the uh, border to be where the river is and yes. the other country wants the border to be where the river used to be. Exactly. Okay. And in most cases, um, those overlap in the in the wrong way, right? So you have land. I assume along that river, there are certain places where both there's land that both countries claim. Yes, yes. Okay. They're on the Serbian side. Okay. But there are um, – but this – section neither country claims are you worried that one day they're going to try to resolve this issue and then like they'll end up changing their opinion on the border and they're trying to resolve it for two decades more than two decades without any any solution and uh, of course liberland uh, as it is starting to materialize is the best solution to the whole border dispute. They have created kind of this unique opportunity for creation of a new country, and they are they are trying to resolve it. But either way, you know, it it is probably there is not a, a like a bad resolution that would not include Liberland by this time. Hmm. Uh, and the most likely scenario is that. Uh, Serbia already stated that they don't mind creation of Liberland on this territory, which was very nice. It was only 11 days yeah. after the... Now, when you say Serbia stated, is that like a... Is that something that their parliament did or their no. head of state no, or... It's the like foreign, foreign ministry. The foreign minister yes. said we don't mind Liberland. It was the, 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 the press department of the foreign ministry. Okay. 11 days after Liberland was set up. So it was very nice. There was this reaction because even... there was a very heavy coverage of How... Liberland yeah. in the early days in Serbia. And they had to react to it, so that that was very nice. For how them. did you even? How did they even know about it? Did they? There was a lot somebody... of journalists inquiring about the, the topic because it's really right, someone went and asked right them. after Liberland started. You can see all the coverage by all the big press agency, AP, AFP, Reuters. I, I bet I, like more than half of the of the world media actually in one way reported about the creation of the country. And that was that was a snowball of, of the news, which was a bit unexpected. We were expecting maybe 20,000 citizens to apply for citizenship over the first year, and we got them in the first couple of hours. And the next day we got 200,000 people. So by the end of the week we had like 250,000 people applying for citizenship in the first week alone. How many people have applied for citizenship now? We got six hundred thousand people that are basically registered as our diaspora. Are they are they citizens or are they They're not citizens not, yet? Yeah. They, they have to do something for the creation of the country. But we consider these people Liberlanders. Uh, basically, consider them being our diaspora abroad. Okay, but so how does one actually get citizenship? They have to, people have to get involved. They have to do something to make the country happen. It doesn't matter if they become actively involved in diplomacy, if they help locally on spot, if they help with technology, if they help with the governance, or if they help financially. And uh, we've got this reward system. It's called merits. And anybody that basically helps to move Liberland forward receives these merits and they give him the status. So it's kind of a, kind of a citizenship token. So, okay, wait, let me see if I understand this. So you don't have some committee deciding, okay, uh, let's review all these citizenship applications and let's see who gets it. It's um, one citizen can confer citizenship on another through these tokens or yeah, pretty much, pretty right? much. Yeah. Right. We've got the, the system of in hundred countries around 100 countries we've got somebody represent that, that representing us okay and these people are also responsible for evaluating the people in their own countries uh, for example here in us we've got roughly 15 people that are also representatives in different different states 
here. And they're also responsible in, on scre screening these people and making sure that we use the potential. And I'm thinking that right now we are still using the potential of the Liberland as a nation from, let's say, one or two percent. It's amazing how much was pledged for the development of Liberland. And it's the biggest challenge is not to be the bottleneck, make the unleash the full potential of Liberlanders as a nation. Okay, so let me so if I wanted to be a citizen and I wanted a pa you guys have passports? Yeah, sure. If I want a passport, what would be my path <laughs> to citizenship? Not that I'm saying that I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm kind of happy where I am, but uh <laughs> well, you know, just one of the things that you could easily do would be to basically start your podcast company and and start it from Liberland. That would be a lot of fun. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Started from Liberland. So what do you mean like start podcasting uh, well, you from can just declare that that this is a Liberland Based business, basically, oh, and uh, and you can help to promote the idea a little bit from time to time. You I don't can, have to you physically can, be there. You, you know, yeah. of course you don't. And uh, we've got this e-residency program, which is sim similar to Estonia e-residency program, which uh, basically gives everybody that gets involved a card, and and we have the people's identity. Right now, we are building up the new ecosystem for liberal and companies, so everybody can also get his decentralized autonomous organization once they launch the company in liberal. And we're building up another, let's say, the whole series of services that these people will be able to use, be it for banking, crypto business, insurance, and all these things that are coming But, in place. So, so let's say I do that. Let's say I, you know, I, I declare my podcast to be a Liberland-based podcast, and I, I talk about it all the time. Like, okay, great. Now I'm ready for citizenship. Now, do I have to like convince someone that, like, hey, I actually did all this good stuff, and now? Um, You know, maybe you can confer citizenship on me, or how does that work? Like in a normal way, and if people don't really want to get involved in some sort of diplomatic or promotional activities, is that people contribute financially, and that's roughly right now it's five thousand merits. That's equal to five thousand dollars, but okay, merits are already okay. traded, so you can actually get them sometimes cheaper, sometimes more expensive on the exchange. It's okay. a floating rate. So you partially but, have but, to buy in, and you partially have to do. You, we can do that, or of course, if you're full time and you really support Liberland in some big way that moves helps to move it forward to the people that are representatives they evaluate it and and they give you the status so it's there there are two ways or, or a combination of them okay so it sounds like there's a lot that can be done without physically being there but I'm re I'm really curious about what the actual piece of land is because I assume that matters a lot is it mostly what's there now is it mostly wilderness is it Riverland, or there It's any wilderness, and we've got a beautiful river and and plenty of sandy beaches, and one one very nice sandy island, okay, which is called the Liberty Island. There are, are there roads to get there? Are there roads to? Uh, there is one uh, one road that is connecting is to Croatia. Okay, but right now because of the security situation with Croatia, which is a bit difficult, we have to build the city on the Danube next to Liberland in order to be physically present there. It solves. Not just the problem with the security, but it solves the also problem with the flooding, which can come once in a while. So you can get in by boat as yes, well. Yes, yes. Okay. The best way to come there is now go to Apatin, take one of the boats, come over, and we are building this so boat. So where do you catch the boat? Uh, it's in Apatin in Harbor. There is a there is a, a boat park okay. there. There are boats for rental, okay. so, so people can people I, can rent houseboat yeah. there. They can rent a no, but I mean, is there like a boat. is there like a city in Serbia that you can like catch a boat and then yes, take it down? That's, that's Apatin. That's What's that? called Apatin. Okay. A P A T I N. Is that okay? And this is sort of to the north, but in that south border, so the south. Okay, oh, so south. ten okay. kilometers Great. down the river. Okay. Great. Uh, we're going to talk about more uh, geography in a minute because you guys, we are at Foursquare HQ here and we are, you know, a location intelligence company. So here we are gathering intelligence <laughs> about the newest country. Um, okay. So we, we talked about how someone would get there. I see that there's 2.7 square miles of territory or seven square kilometers. Exactly. Okay. I once said on Twitter that I like both systems of units and all of Western Europe had to come out and tell me how backward I was. Uh, but uh, let's not get involved in that. 2.7 square miles, 7 square kilometers. Uh, so you claim this land is the sovereign territory of Liberland. Um, has any of it been claimed as private property by individuals or corporations yet? How do you see that happening? First of all, it used to have private owners, but everything was bought by Serbian government before okay. they completely renounced the ownership. 
So okay. that's very interesting element there that, that actually Serbia cared about renouncing it to the degree that they really bought up all the uh, private so, property. So they renounced it because that helps them with their border dispute elsewhere. Yes, that, that's the that's the thing. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and and in Liberland, uh, basically everybody that has got a marriage has an indirect title to the to the property. And we, we are very open about the situation, which is right now that it's still. Uh, Let's say we still have a open issues with Croatia, but I don't want to say we do have a dispute with them because Croatia doesn't claim this territory. You cannot see it on any single map. The, their right. territory is always very strictly outside of this place. Uh, but the, the merit system also represents in, indirectly, basically, the, the the territory itself. So, okay. So if I went there and I'm like, you know what, I want a plot of land to build a house. You know, maybe like a, a a a quarter acre. I don't know. You probably don't use acres there, but like what? <laughs> there's a small plot of land. Uh, is that is? How do you see that being like doled out or or sold or claimed or how do you uh, how do you think that's going to happen? Every piece of land is basically backed now because we we only issue 700 million merits. Yeah. Every piece of land is backed by 100 merits. So you can someone can buy it though. Yes, yes, and these okay. these merits will be exchangeable for the, the the land inside. Yeah, but of course, you know, we have to be again very open. The, this the mission that we are in is not standard one. Nobody yeah. has done it in this way, and uh, but I want to make this system very transparent. And everybody who pays taxes or contributes to Liberland basically gets these merits. They become the shareholder of the country they are living yeah. in, which I think is a very healthy way how to fix the relation between the taxpayers and the decision makers in the country. Yeah, but so. Um but I, I still don't think I have the answer to my question, which is like, if someone wants to own a piece of the land for private purposes, like, w- how would you go about claiming that and get that, you know, recognized by other Liberlanders? It's it's this kind of uh, system that we have. Nobody has claimed any uh, a part of the Liberty Island, which was claimed by LSA in the yeah. early days, right. Liberland Settlement Association. Uh, no, nobody has like put a flag in any particular place. There is this basically big shareholding entity, which is the state of Liberland, which which holds as the whole entity claim to the territory. Okay, and are you guys planning to sell it out at some point? Well, this is the idea also that owners? if if the private owners will want to buy. The revenue from these sales will go actually to merit holders, so to the shareholders of this superstructure that we are creating. Cool. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I remember reading the history in like the the town in Connecticut where I was from. Um, you know how when they started the town, they you know went to the shore and then divided up the line into like you know some fifty equal parts, and everything goes in little strips, and then there are people you know, did a game of chance to figure out which one they got. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, okay. So you guys are kind of, I don't know if this is how you would put it. You're kind of like a provisional government until the constitution goes into yes, effect. Yes. Okay. So um, when do you see that constitution going into effect? When does the first assembly election happen? And then you guys have like a proper, well, you know. I would so. really like, the, because the testnet of our uh, governance system has been already been placed. It's out there now for three months. Uh, we have basically utilized the blockchain technology, which was rated as the best technology for governance at the current stage. Uh, and, uh, and we are building now the system of decentralized courts on top of it. So if we have a governance, which is, of course, merit-based, and we have a system of courts and we have the registries in one single platform and people basically can vote with their merits uh, for whoever will sit in the Congress. Then our plan is to have 20 congressmen. Everybody voted in by merit holders and these uh, congressmen will basically form a government. Okay. And when do you see that happening? I would really like to see that launch by, before the end of the year. But because the, all oh, the wow. IT, pro, IT projects are always taking long, a little bit longer time than than we would like to see. But there is a active discussion now on, on about exactly all these the different elements. There is a new minister of justice that is taking uh, care of the integration of our preliminary constitution with the existing uh, existing blockchain technology. So that just made me think of something off the cuff. You know, when the United States was founded. George Washington uh, didn't want political parties, but 
it ended up happening anyway. Do you think you're going to end up having political parties or do you hope not? Or Well, what? this is the thing. Like, um, there will be probably some alliances between the members in the Congress. You cannot avoid it. Somebody will like somebody. Somebody will not like somebody. Yeah. Uh, so these people will probably get together in some sort of alliances. Uh, but I think this kind of new idea that people basically vote with their taxes directly uh, is, is going to be forming a... a very much different society or different political system. Yeah, than explain that. Today. How do people uh, vote with their taxes directly? So you basically pay your tax or you contribute to Libra in one way or another. You get these merits that are in the state form, kind of frozen. Uh, we still haven't decided how, how the unfreezing mechanism will be exactly. That will be probably the decision of the Congress. But with these staked merits or frozen merits, people will be able to to vote for different members of Congress. And of course, the first 20 people that get the most support will be part of Congress. And another 20 people that will not make it to Congress will be basically kind of in a, in a, in a opposition to the Congress, but they will also get a little bit of financing through the system. And, uh, and these people will then be kind of a regular Congress, but, um, again, the, the decisions who is going to be in place will be done by taxpayers. And they will be making the decision with the amount of taxes they have paid. Yeah, I, we've talked about certain things like this on the program. I interviewed my friend Daniel Kronovet uh, at the beginning of this year, and he's working on a project that does, you know, blockchain voting on budgets, which I thought was uh, I thought was pretty interesting. So maybe you guys are doing something similar. Pretty to interesting, that. yeah. Yeah, please hook us up. I'll send it. I'll send that to you. Uh, all right. So you have a constitution. I'll admit I didn't read the whole thing, but I read parts of it. Um, so first of all, how did you get that written? It doesn't look like, you know, it doesn't look like it was written by an amateur. It was written by, uh, you know, I don't know, a lawyer or someone who is an expert in these things. Is there anything that you or your team decided to include in your constitution that addresses shortcomings that you see in world constitutions today, or for example, the American constitution or those in Europe? Yeah, well, the whole constitution was actually structured in a similar way like U.S. constitution. It would be quite short, but then it just listed all the failures that have happened in the, let's say, American constitution over the years. Uh, so it, it is, this is like a positive and negative part. Yeah. And and uh, then we also learned a lot, I would say, from other things uh, that, that inspired us. For example, the Swiss direct democracy, which is also included. So the positive decisions are made by government, but the, the, the decisions can be basically vetoed by the citizens in a referendum, which I think is a very important uh, control mechanism. So we hear about California has these referendums to like add stuff. I don't know what they do now, like to ban straws or something. Uh -huh. But so you're saying that the referendums in Liberland can only be used to block stuff. Yes, exactly. I, I noticed one interesting line in your constitution. It says that the government cannot take out loans. Am I correct in that? Yes, so, exactly. That's, okay. That's, uh, I think, a good way how to keep things up. <laughs> yeah, I found that one to be very interesting. I can see why you would put it in there, given the enormous amounts of debt taken on by uh, countries today. But I also can see, you know, m municipal governments, like city governments, doing reasonable things with debt. For example, let's say they want to upgrade infrastructure, bring in more businesses, and then that means more revenue and then ultimately paying off that debt and making more revenue. How would the country of Liberland kind of make those types of investments if you can't take out loans? Uh, if it can be profitable to upgrade the infrastructure and take loan, then it should be taken on by private sector. You know, that's the, that's the thing. Like if there is some project, why should it be taken on? By the government, if the, that similar project can be successful. I, I should ask, do you even see like having municipalities or cities in there or do you just see it being one big kind of like just private property, private infrastructure? And well, not three really times like, bigger than yeah. Monaco, right? So yeah. it's, a, it's a reasonably sized country and uh, I would really like the investors that are that are ready to develop Liberland. And by the way, there are many. We've got some 20 billionaires that signed up for citizenship and there is some $30 billion pledged for development of Liberland. So I'm not afraid right. that there will be not enough money to build roads yeah. or something like that. 
And uh, and I, I think that uh, we also have one of some of the best world architects with us. For example, Zaha Hadid, CEO Patrick Patrick Schumacher has organized architectural competition for us. So I'm also not worried that there would not be enough interest in making the proper urban planning. But I'm leaving this to other people, the people that actually are experts in this. Right, because you know it, it would be nice to say, well, okay, the government has nothing to do with urban planning, but someone needs to do it. Someone needs to you know uh, lay lay out lay things out, not just roads, but you know. There's the electrical grid. There's uh, internet. I don't know. It, it, it should, in, in, in our vision, that uh, you know, Patrick Schumacher is a, a champion in free market urban planning, and the vision is basically have investors and architects sit down together in some sort of. But there should not be like a state committee that says these things. The investors really should have a dialogue so that their designs kind of fit into one another and they collaborate, of course, on networks so they don't have to do two times, I don't know, the sewage system or something like that. Right. But uh, the, the, the rules should not be inflicted by the municipality or by the state. The state should be just a discussion platform for these players. So did you get any uh, what ideas did you get from the architectural competition when did you hold that first of all it was two and a half years ago okay and uh, we had some 80 entries at the beginning so it was massive uh, and I was surprised to find out that we have 1200 architects that applied for citizenship <laughs> yeah. from all around the world uh, and uh, out of that we had 12 finalists there were studios from China, famous studio from Dubai, from New York as well. That was actually the winning concept. Uh, Why do you think so many people submitted a uh, proposal? I mean, that's great. Well, I think we're the fact that there is 1,200 architects that, that wanted to uh, somehow contribute or become citizens and that, let's say, one out of 12 actually step out and did something is pretty cool. If we had similar engagement in other areas, for example, lawyers, we would have much easier time building the constitution. But I would say the architects are the most excited group of people that are into development. I think it's quite natural, right? It, it really inspires people to do whatever they want. And they the people just came and they wanted to realize their dreams of their perfect cities. And we had People from Harvard yeah, chipping in some ideas. It was really, really cool. What was, tell me about the winning entry. Uh, that was algae-powered uh, country, which was built on basically like a multi-layer uh, approach. So there'll be like two, three layers of a city on top of another, uh, which I would say was a very innovative, uh, very nice approach, very green uh, and uh, and I'm quite happy that, again, that was a New York slash Dubai uh, entry by a very famous architect as well. She's now taking care of the Dubai exhibition. And uh, we had a meetup at their office here in New York. The studio is named RAF. It, it was okay. a, a basically a collaboration between some eight different architects and, and even like social specialists and, and uh, nature specialists. So it was a kind of a conglomerate. Yeah. My favorite is uh, Ser Sergio Bianchi architecture of Rome, Italy. And we also yeah. had a meetup at his architectural studio where he had created a 3D diorama of his plan for Liberland. And this okay. was a very high tech a vision which could house, you know, substantial number of people while preserving the green space around uh, uh, the settlement. So I think his he made a great video which is on YouTube. You can you can look for that. It's called the Liberland Seed, and uh, that that's a great design in my eyes. They're all great great innovative designs. Right? Yeah. So what do you see a future where Liberland is full of like roads and buildings and people? I'm assuming the plan isn't to keep it uninhabited forever. Yes, that's one of the one of the possibilities. The other is also that it will be a very special, very nature-oriented place. That was one of the proposals, uh, which was very futuristic, with just basically a couple of towers and office centers, and with the rest of the place left alone for the nature or for that was a golf course actually originally yeah. designed by them. Uh, I quite like that design. And the, the, the funny part about this is that they had this design kind of. Um, settled with these eggs uh, and these eggs uh, 
They didn't know, but these eggs actually started to be manufactured two years later. The what? The these eggs. It's like, like a, a modular like, housing unit. Oh, okay. Housing yeah, unit. okay. They were actually manufactured, started to be manufactured two years later in Slovakia. And our representative of Slovakia became the, the marketing director for the company. And I was thinking, what a, what a coincidence, like some, some sort of futuristic design that these guys prescribed for Liberland became reality three, pods. three 400, pods, yeah. 400 kilometers away. And, and our representative became the marketing director. So these are kind of completely self-sustainable uh, eggs where, you know, it's like a one-family house uh, or, or, or smaller units. Yeah. So I want to talk about Liberland on maps, particularly on online maps. Do you guys hope to have yourself on, uh, you know, Google Maps or Apple Maps? I could talk a little bit about uh, Foursquare because I did look into what we have last night. Uh, but uh, what's your status with the big guys? Well, Google Maps, it was a big editing fight. Uh, and But I think we won it. There is Liberland actually noted as a, as a place uh, like five, six times. And you can find a foreign consulate inside of Liberland uh, as, as a place. Uh, and there is Liberland Airport actually noted there as well. Wait, you guys have an airport? Yeah, we've got a small airport uh, only eight kilometers away from Liberland on the Serbian side of the river. Okay, but like whose airport is that? That's not your airport, is it? It's so, owned by Liberland Group, which is the umbrella company for oh, wow. Liberland businesses. Okay. Google is one, but uh, open source math, they, they basically have yeah. us there as a country, which is nice. That uh, Open they, open street maps. Open street maps. So that is the one that Foursquare uses. I looked at the area on Foursquare. Now, there is a Foursquare venue for Liberland, but just a country venue, Liberland. I think we could do a little better than that. <laughs> I, uh, I, But I looked at your map. There's not like a lot there, but I think that we can add... Um, I saw that you already have a government building. Yeah. Can we add that as a venue? It, uh, it can, it can what's, be. What's it called? It can be added, but it, it has been leveled down last year, oh, unfortunately. Oh, okay. All right. Are there any like landmarks I should like put... You, you must we have can, something. We can still put this building there. Yeah. And it is basically uh, on the Liberty Street. Uh, it's number one, this, this place particular, and I would like to develop it back to its former okay. glory. Let me, I, I would like to add certain Liberland landmarks to the Foursquare database. That'd be nice. So if one of you guys can send me a list of landmarks and where they put, where they exist on the map, I that, will be happy that, to add it. That would be great. Uh, I, I looked at our database in terms of like which country gets returned. We have, now I'm going to get into the code because I looked into the code last night and it was like, all the country codes and the time zones is really complicated and it like it downloads some file and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> but I, it's inter- I, I happen to, if I had to guess, it might be getting it from an older version of OpenStreetMaps. So maybe that will fix itself, but we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll look into it more and I'll find out. That's great. Thank uh, you. Oh, this is a really interesting question I want to ask. You were doing research. You... This, you, it's not like you found this piece of land and then you said, okay, great, this is unclaimed. Let's start a country out of it. You first said, let's start a country. Yeah. And then you said, okay, let's find a piece of land. Yes. So you must have done a lot of research. We did found- for more year and a year and a half. We almost yeah. end up in this territory between Egypt and Sudan. Yeah, okay. So like, luckily, we didn't. Uh, so yeah, what I wanted to ask is like, so first of all, how did you find, first, let's start with like, how did you find the piece of land in Liberland? Like, how did you come across that? And then I want to know, for other people out there who are listening to this program who want to start their own country, where the other possibilities are. But, <laughs> but first, how did you find... It, it used to be listed. I'm not sure if it's there anymore under yeah. the basically unclaimed territories, like no man's land. Okay. And these basically are... Googled, Googled for it. And I remember Yiri, my friend, actually just sent me once, you know, look at this one. And I, I started to look into it. It took me like an hour to read through all the documents and the links that were there. And I saw that this is perfect. This is just the sweet spot that we wanted to find for quite a, quite a long time. There, yeah. there are a few platforms off the coast of the U.S. They're yeah. former weather or Coast Guard stations that uh, basically the government was selling them. Mm. And they're outside the territorial water. So there is a hotel on one of them. I, I don't know I, if their legal jurisdiction falls under, uh, necessarily falls under U.S. law, but it probably does by default. But there are some opportunities like that. Sealand, if you've heard of that. Is a oh, yeah. We, we love Sealand here at Foursquare. Oh, great. <laughs> great. We're friends with Dan. Yeah. Vit went to yeah, the, yeah, the anniversary in London. 50th anniversary, yeah. we, we were invited. Okay. It was a big social event. But I never made it to the platform, unfortunately. 
Yes, tell me about that. What, what's the um, well? That that's not open for that's not unclaimed, but it is uh, an example of a tiny claimed, right? Yes, and uh, there was well, the history is quite rich of Sealand. Uh, I would say they were one of the first also entities that supported us in our recognition. Uh, they basically wished us good luck a couple days after Liberland was created. It was nice, uh, and uh, it was formed on this on this. Uh, Abundant, uh, what is it? Platform. Platform, oh, for platform. Okay. platform which uh, which was really outside of territory waters at the time. And I like this story when they actually, the Great Britain said, now it's enlarging its territorial waters, and Sealand directly stated it's also enlarging its territorial waters. <laughs> <laughs> so that they don't become part of the... Of the of the UK and uh, it, it has been a very interesting very interesting story. Nice people around it. I wish they used the potential of that particular platform maybe a little bit more than they did. Yeah, there's it's it's smaller uh, than Liberland, right? It's, it is okay. The platform is just a couple of meters, right? So it's a completely different story. Oh, wow. and also you know the international law is quite negative about like declaring sovereign territories on man-made platforms. So right, right. There is, it's a there different is, situation. There, it's a different situation. So tell me about this place between Egypt and Sudan. Is that one still open for business? Uh, I would say it's it's a very difficult place to to do anything at uh, because of its of its location and of, of the culture there. It's a desert. And, yeah, it's a desert. Mm. But it's called Birtavil. It is a Birtavil basically means well. So there must be some water out there if okay. they, they named it well. And uh, it, it is, I think, an opportunity for an Arabic world also to make something special. So let's see what, what is going to happen there. Did you find any, any other gaps between countries? Um, well, you know, we actually stopped looking when we found Liberland. We had ah. now Joby Weeks uh, one month ago in Antarctica claiming the whole... Uh, I don't know one eighth of Antarctica for Liberland, which was unclaimed. I don't know a, if that's going to work. <laughs> which is which is which was a a let's say more of a show. Yeah. Uh, but then he went to South, uh, North Pole as well and stick the flag there. It was very nice. He made it within one month to to both ends of the planet with Liberland flag. Um, but again, we are not we are not like seeking any more territory. We are looking forward to work with other states on development of Liberland. And we are also very happy to help develop special economic zones or help our diaspora villages to grow. Because right now we've got some 15 diaspora villages all around the world where Liberland's got together and developing something great. Places in Belize, places in Panama, places in Philippines. Wait, so, so it's, what, it's, what are these, like meetups or? Not like, meetups, like regular villages or startup cities, basically. How does that work? Like so a bunch of people move to a single area or? Well, there are 600,000 people around the world. Yeah. So it's not a small, small yeah. nation. We are not a micronation as somebody tries to portray us. We are, let's say, a small nation by now, bigger than Iceland or yeah. Malta. And, uh, and these people are usually very creative. They love to create stuff. They love to start new things. We've got two places now, for example, in Costa Rica. One of them is a nice village now with, with, uh, with 130 newly built houses. So what, what are the, what are the interests of the people who are doing this sort of thing? Like what, what sort of, are they, um, just people who are interested in the project and they want to develop their own neighborhoods or, um, Tell me more about there are it. I'm sure you there are Liberlanders yeah. living abroad, just like there was diaspora, let's say Jewish diaspora all around the world. Now the Liberlanders are getting together in all these different beautiful places. And of course, Liberland is a beautiful place. It's really worth visiting in summer. But I can tell you the winters are, can be harsh and uh, people just might want to travel to our place in Costa Rica or... Uh, or a small village in Ratan, for example. What but, unites yeah. our, our, our global group of supporters is their belief in freedom. And our role uh, as the Liberland team is to establish ourselves as an independent state actor, just like any other state. And we feel that we fulfill the same criteria that other states fulfill. Uh, you, you may have heard of the Montevideo Convention, which was signed back in the 30s. No, I haven't. Uh, basically, it lays out the criteria for statehood. 
Okay. Uh, you know, you, you have a territory, you have a people, you have a government, you have, you're capable of engaging in international relations. That's actually what we're doing here in New York this week. Yeah. Uh, engaging in international relations? Yes. So how, so is that, tell me a little bit about your role as a foreign minister. We would like to establish Free Republic of Liberland as an independent, sovereign state actor. And we would like to be recognized in the global community of nations. And we do that by actively reaching out to other nations' delegations. For example, here in New York, we have a, an ambassador to the UN, and he meets with uh, a delegation from countries all over the world. And we've had uh, a number this week, and we've had a few about uh, back in July. We came up here as well as a team, and we have them going forward. We also have a, a, the Liberland Aid Foundation, which is a private charity that would re replace the notion of foreign aid. Like you've got foreign aid budgets uh, that, you know, billions upon billions of dollars are spent from forcefully co collected taxpayer money. But we voluntarily contribute to projects we think are worthy. So that's, we've just achieved nonprofit status in the United States. I assume, I mean, is it premature to say that, uh, I assume you want recognition from the international community as a, as an, as a nation. Um, is it premature to try to get that? What's your path to getting it? No, I think we have recognition on certain levels already. Uh, we have actually diplomatic relations with a number of countries. We're expanding them and we're setting up meetings with, with officials from different foreign ministries. And we've got agreements signed with, with a couple already. Why are they, why do you think they are, uh, doing this with you? Like what, what is their interest in, in you guys? Well, we also have something to offer. They could offer us the, the protocol dividend, which is recognition and diplomatic relations. And we can offer new ways of thinking. Uh, we can offer aid. We can offer, uh, our citizens in their, like in the U.S., we have several thousand applicants. The strongest diplomatic tool is that we basically become a hub for all these new technologies for governance. And uh, yeah, we had a nice meeting now with somebody from Central America, and they were very interested how to improve security. And we've got this app, which is now being launched inside of Liberland, which is called 911. Uh, and it is something which we can provide them, and it tremendously improves the way the community can take care of its own security. Basically, it's like an Uber for the police. Ah, so you're, pro you're providing actual value like technology or information to these countries. And so that... Yeah. Uh, and uh, our ambassadors have traveled to several countries advising directly the governments, like of several Caribbean nations. Okay. Like our uh, Caribbean rep has been to, uh, you know, several uh, Caribbean nations advising on how to use blockchain for e-governance and have citizens' voice, uh, you know, have a say in, in their governance. And we've got contacts in the companies that are implementing blockchain technology, for example, for the land registry. Uh, the, the governance uh, and the other registries, of course, there is an, an enormous amount of space to be utilized because the mess that there is with the regular cadastre maps and the uncertainty about ownership of the land is usually one of the biggest uh, biggest problems for the development of the country, right? So, yeah, sounds like you guys are very busy. You guys have to go <laughs> to a lot of places. And uh, how many countries do you end up visiting? Like, are you just I traveling think, to I country? Think I country stopped counting, country? but I have to look in the history on Google, yeah. on Google Maps. I think but you must like, be on the go like all the time. Name a country and we'll tell you whether we've been there or not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, as we wrap up, uh, do you have any closing thoughts? And where can people who listen to The Local Maximum go to find out more? It would be lovely, of course, if people jump to liberland.org and they can get e-residency or they can also apply for citizenship. And it would be great if if maybe you or, or listeners also considered coming to visit Liberland. And I would say the fifth anniversary on 13th of April is a reasonable date to come. It's going to be a big uh, celebration. And then the 13th of August will be the Liberland Music Festival. Well, well I have to say, I... Um you know, most of my friends have not heard of Liberland, but I have been told that I should visit Croatia. So uh, it seems like if I'm going to do that trip, then Liberland has to be a part of it, right? Awesome. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Yeah, it's not far. If you go to Zagreb. Although Croatia, I'm worried about you said like people get arrested coming out of there. I'm a, well, I'll tell you what. If you cross the border from Croatia into Serbia to go to where we have our sh our boats, ah. uh, don't tell the border guard you're going to Liberland. <laughs> All right. Don't well, tell them. Don't mention it. I'll just be like I'm, I'm just going out for a boat ride just to – 
clueless American, la 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 la. Just come from Serbia, you know. Don't, don't. And it, by the way, we are happy that they're actually protecting the border, right? It's a yeah. big favor from their side. It might seem like they are they're against us, but in a way, they're helping to protect our southern border and we don't have to pay for it. Right. Okay. Yeah, I see. I see. Um, okay. Well, fantastic. Any more thoughts before we close out? Our success directly connect is connected with the amount of support we get from people. So come on board, uh, join uh, your country's local liberal land organization, and get involved. All right. Thomas, Veet, Mr. President, thanks for coming on the thank, show. Thank you very much. Thanks, Max. All right. So that was a lot of fun. I, they actually gave me a few flags. I have a flag of Liberland right here. Let me wave it in front of the microphone. These are, I have like four of these um, at home in my office. It's a lot of fun. Um, so like I said, I'm sure you have questions about this that I didn't cover. Fortunately, there are a lot of other episodes out there from other podcasts covering this from different angles. One I'd recommend is You're Welcome with Michael Malice. There's also a whole Liberland podcast uh, dedicated to this project. So I'll link to that uh, on the show notes page at localmaxradio.com slash 89. I did end up creating some Foursquare venues. I got, uh, let's see what I got here. Um, I got Sega Island, which is, they have a little island that's in the river there. Uh, I did put on the government site, and um, which is sort of the building that's not there now, but uh, maybe can be rebuilt. And there is a country one. I know I still need to add the ones that are their boats, and I feel like they need one for their beaches. Um, there's there's some for the beaches nearby. I think there's one called Fishing Spot that um, I believe is a Croatian venue, but uh, I'm not sure. So, okay, it's starting to come together on that front. Next week, uh, also I will will post these at localmaxradio.com slash 89. Next week, I'm struggling because there's a topic I want to take on that touches on some very controversial issues. I want to talk about the the both the necessity and the pitfalls of narrative building. And it's only interesting if you talk about controversial issues. I think I should just go for it. What do you think? Be careful what you ask for. Maybe Aaron will join me. We'll see. And the week after that, I talked to a journalist who covers internet advertising. You might not know this, but there are whole publications on this topic. And it's not just, it's not really just about the ads themselves, but the whole web of relationships and scandal that ends up deciding what you see, do, and believe. But uh, let's end on a good note. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. Remember to check out the website at localmaxradio.com if you want to contact me, the host, or ask a question that I can answer on the show, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. This show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe to The Local Maximum on one of these platforms and to follow my Twitter account, at Max Sklar. Have a great week. Feel the power.